Some of you, you know, you were born saved. It's like you had a halo when you came out of your mother's, you know. But for the rest of us, we know that we are the least likely person to be sitting in a church this morning. And some of you have forgotten how far you've come. Uh, but fortunately, I was there in some of your journeys to remember. That, that part I remember for some of you. Metokambali. And so uh, God uses unlikely people to do his best work. And uh, so I want to just ask you a question as I start. I don't know about you. How do you respond usually? Uh, and if you can just be as real as possible. Mavuna is a church for real people, isn't it? What's your, usual, what's your automatic response? What's your first response when somebody who is in authority, somebody that you, you honor, uh, but somebody who's in authority asks you to do something that you don't really want to do? So they ask you to do something, and it's like, maybe it could be your dad, it could be your boss, it could be, but you know, and you know that you know that you don't want to do this thing. In fact, you hate the thing you're being asked to do. What's your response? Just turn to your neighbor for one second and just give them, like, be real. This is a church for real people. Don't give them a spiritual answer. Give them, like, a real answer. Like, what do you do? Your automatic response. <laughs> What's that response that you give? Please don't give a spiritual answer. Give them the real answer. Like, what do you, what's your response? What do you do? What's your tendency? How do you tend to respond? And you know you don't want to do it. In fact, you're like, heck no. But you respect this person. What do you do? What's the normal tendency for you? Okay. I'm going to ask a few, just a few like real Mavunites in the house who can just be real. Uh, you can share your response or share your neighbor's response if it was better than yours. So uh, can we hear just a couple of responses? Let's hear a couple of responses. Uh, maybe you guys can pick randomly. Just, just look for people who look like they had a really good answer. <laughs> what's your response or what's your neighbor's response? <laughs> wow, wow. So, wow, that's so real. Like, how many people are like that? Yeah, okay, fine. But inside you're thinking, am I really going to do this? Okay. All right, thank you. Somebody on this side? Morning. How old they are. <laughs> so, so for her, it has to do with age. Age is a big factor on this. So when you talk to her, just understand, you check your age first before you talk to her. All right, Jude? It's he'd say no. Wow. Sheesh. Like, Dad? No. I told you we're a church of real people, isn't it? <laughs> Guys are laughing here by the way, Ranja, and they're exactly like you. Sabotage. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you wait for last minute. I'm hearing nervous laughter. Okay. <laughs> Some people are being liquid right now. Last minute. Morning. Mm. <laughs> so good. <laughs> oh, my God. Mm. 
you manage them. Some of you are learning very bad habits right now. It's like, ah, that's what I should be doing with my boss. <laughs> Maybe I should stop here before we corrupt some young minds. Huh? Oh, my gosh. Okay, I think, you, you have one more? Okay, I think Sparks had one more. <laughs> Morning. Can I think about it? It's done. Oh. She, she's so around you. It's like, can I think about, think what? Sawa. I love it. You didn't say no, so it's as good as yes. Wow. You know, it's interesting because these are some of the responses. And you can see guys are very real here. I mean, when you're real, this is how we respond when, when, when uh, people ask us to do stuff we don't want to do. I remember just having this conversation with some friends. And, I mean, some of them shared some of the responses you're sharing. Um, one of them was the deaf response. The deaf response. Like, you pretend you didn't hear. Like, Ati, you said what? Ati, Ati, which email did you, where? You sent the email. I have it. Junk folder. Is it in Let me just check my junk. Uh-huh. It's those guys, the deaf response. And even that one, I like that one of the screen froze. Ati, I, I, hello? Ha, hello? Ha, 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 ha. Oh, my gosh. Deaf response. Deaf response. Okay, the other one is, some of you said it, the diplomatic response. Diplomatic response is, sure, of course I'll do it. But inside your mind, you're like, what in the world is this guy asking me to do? And in your mind, you're like, I'm so sure I'm not going to do this thing. Like, it can't be done. But some of you just find it hard to say no, isn't it? Unlike Ranja. Uh, so you'll be like, uh, okay, okay. I'll. But in your mind, you're like, there's no way this thing is going to happen. That's called the diplomatic response. The dip diplomats in the house? Yeah? Yeah, there's a few diplomats. And then there's the drowning response. Drowning response is when you give a really good legitimate excuse why, it, why seriously you can't be the person to do it. Uh, it's like, my goodness, man, I'm so overwhelmed at work right now. My auntie is sick in hospital. Man, we have a big funeral coming up in the family. Can't, man, it's like you just think of all the things you can say just to show how overwhelming this thing is. And I can see guys nodding in the house. This is... This, that's, if, some of you are not sure they are nodding like, yeah, that's a good, you're, you're taking notes. It's not the sermon yet. Don't take notes yet. So that's a drowning response. And then there's what some people call the disgruntled response. Uh, you end up doing it anyway, but deep inside you're just seething. You know, you do it last minute, but even you're resentful that you're even doing it. It's like, it's like, I can't believe she'd ask me to do something like this. How insensitive is this Pastor Angie? It's like, does she know I'm at work? It's, and, and you're doing it and you're just passive-aggressive the whole time. Any passive-aggressive people in the house? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of you can put up your hand for your spouse as well. Like passive-aggressive people. And, and you know, let me just say, these are responses that many of us who have applied them at one point or the other. In fact, most of us. In fact, for me, I believe I've applied all of them at one time or the other. And the reason is, and my wife is saying yes too loudly, don't say amen at that point. I'll tell you when to say amen. <laughs> you know, the key thing is, regardless of how old we are, we've all been in a place where we've been asked to do something by an authority figure that pointed us in a direction we did not want to go. And we ended up uh, just completely unimpressed by this person who's asking us to do this thing. We know that they have authority, but we don't want to do what they're asking us. There's a great story that we're going to be looking at this whole month. Uh, it's of a man who was in that, put in that position, that awkward position. And unfortunately, the person who put him in that position was God himself, God Almighty. Asked him to do something he did not want to do. And of course, his name is Jonah. And many of you have read the story of Jonah. We're going to be looking at his story. He's an unlikely hero. He's the kind of guy you'd be thinking, How, what was God smoking thinking of using a guy like this? Uh, he's just the wrong person. Uh, so let's just read Jonah chapter 1 if you have your Bible with you. And we're, going to, we're just going to walk through this uh, chapter today, uh, because I really think there's some, some conversation here that I believe every single one of us needs to engage in. Jonah chapter 1, and I'm going to make comments as I go up, uh, along the chapter. So chapter 1 says, now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, cry out against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. 
This book starts like a movie. Do you know those movies that even before the credits have come up, have, have started, already there's a car chase, uh, a building has blown up, a guy has been killed, and the spy is dead, and you're like, what? Then the movie starts. It's like one of, it just starts with drama. It's like God just shows up and already has given, there's no preamble, there's no introduction. The word of the Lord, you don't even know who this Jonah guy is. It's like, go, and the assignment has been given already. And it's like, you, I mean, this, this word, the word of the Lord came to, it, it's just such a dramatic thing. Uh, it, it's, it's one of those things you don't know what happened. Like, how did this word of the Lord come to Jonah? We're not even given that information. Uh, maybe it was a dream. Maybe the guy was dreaming and God just appeared to him. Maybe he was awake and he saw a vision. Maybe an angel appeared to him. Uh, maybe it was something less dramatic. Maybe his neighbor knocked and said, I, by the way, I, I hear God is saying, Pastor Angie showed up. <laughs> I said, by the way, this is God's will for your life right now. Or, or, or maybe, I mean, he was reading God's word. And the Holy Spirit just prompted him and told him, this is what I want you to do. We're not told about that. We're just told that God's voice comes and tells him, go and do this thing. The thing is, God had a very specific assignment for Jonah. And you know, we teach this at Mavuno. All of you who've been Mavuno, the day one people, and even those who've joined recently, you know this about Mavuno. We teach this, that God has an assignment for you. God has an assignment for us, for every single one of us. There's a peculiar assignment God has for us. None of us was created to be born, to go to school, to have children, to have a job, and then to die. That there's an assignment that God created us for. And it was Mark Twain who said the two greatest days in a person's life are the day that you're born and the day you find out why. Because you can live your whole life in existence without knowing why you are created. And you can actually die without knowing why you are created. The two greatest days are the day you're born and the day you discover why. So what is my purpose? How do I discover my purpose? I don't know, anybody ever struggled with that question? It's like, how do I discover this thing God created me for? How do I find it? There's something I want to share today that I think is going to be helpful for you if you've ever struggled with that question. And it is this, that for every single one of us, there's a general purpose. That God created us for a general purpose that is true for every human being on this planet. There's a general purpose that we were created for. And within that general purpose is where you'll find your unique purpose. So the good thing is at least you know the direction that your purpose is in, your unique purpose is in. So your general purpose, what, it is, what is it? It is this. It is that we were created to know God and to make him known. It's that simple. To know God and to make him known. We're just talking with Pastor Angie. Her, her, her biggest influence in life was when she joined YWAM. I, 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 by the way, I don't remember very much about that interview you're talking about, but I remember YWAM. I, I, oh, I'll never forget that that was... Uh, of such great memories with Pastor Angie. By the way, the first event we ever did with Pastor Angie was here at South Sea Sports Club, at, at this uh, space over here. Uh, and she was this young, excited, passionate graduate of Daystar, and she had so much psych, and she was teaching us about, do you remember Frakata? Frakata was her word. It's like, we need to get a crowd uh, and teach them about the church we're planting, and then we need to Frakata them. Have you, has anybody ever heard that word? Frakata means that we need to have energy when we come. Like, I'm looking at this young lady like, okay, sour, Frakata, let's do it. So we came and we did it. So, 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 so Lauren Cunningham, who started YWAM, he's the one who said this, that everybody, every one of us as a Christian, our purpose is to know God and to make him known. To know God and to make him known. It it's, it's really resonates with what Jesus says uh, when, when he's asked, what's the greatest commandment? Uh, and he says in Mark chapter 12, verse 30, he says, to love your God and to love your neighbor. To love God, to know God, and then to love your neighbor. And the best way you love your neighbor is to make God known to your neighbor. To know God and to make him known. That's what we were created for. I, I can even hear a soundtrack. Like, like heaven is celebrating what I'm saying. Like you need to be taking notes. This is your purpose. To know God. Come on, let's say it together. To know God. To make him known. That is why God put you on this planet. That is why you were created. That's the sum total of your purpose. To know God and to make him known. Now, within this purpose, how we express our unique purpose is different from person to person. Because all of us 
have different gifts, we have different personalities, we have different passions, we have different strengths, we have different uh, situations and challenges, we all work in different workplaces, we have different neighborhoods, there are different family backgrounds. All these things shape how you express that general purpose. And God will put you in a space where he puts certain passions in you that will help you express that passion. So if you're a Ranja, it'll be in politics. But you know what? The general purpose remains to know God and to make him known. Now, for you, it's expressed differently. For somebody else, it's going to be expressed in a different sector of society, in a different sphere. But the main thing you need to understand, it never veers away from that, is to know God and to make him known. And you know, the problem sometimes is we often think that the purpose, I hear people talk about my purpose, this is my purpose, and we forget it's actually not my purpose, it's God's purpose for me. It's the purpose God created me for. It's his purpose. And so that's why we find sometimes that we think that people, some people are more called than others. And you find people talking, describing the called people, talking about people who are really called and feeling like that person is called and I'm not called. Uh, who, are, who are called people? People who have halos around their head, isn't it? People who preach and who, 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 who do ministry. And it's like, those are the called people and I'm not one of those called people. But that's not actually biblical. When you begin to engage in the area of uh, purpose, you're going to understand that every one of us is called. Every one of us has a God-given purpose. Every single one of us was created to know God and to make him known. To know God and to make him known. That's your purpose. So the question is, how are you responding to that calling right now? How are you responding to that calling? Let's see how Jonah does it. Verse 3. It says... Jonah arose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. What response is that? Deaf response. Hello? Huh? God? At you said where? <laughs> he went to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. He paid the fare, went down to it to go with them to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. Like he took off in a different direction. Now, you need to understand the geography here. Nineveh was in the east, 800 kilometers to be precise. So 800 kilometers is east is like put yourself in Kisumu. Nineveh would be Mombasa. It's like 800 kilometers to the east. But Jonah decides to go to Tashish. Tashish is not in the east. Tashish is in the west. And it's not just in the west. It's 4,000 kilometers in the west. So again, if you put yourself in Kisumu, what's 4,000 kilometers in the west of Kisumu? It's Kinshasa. Like, dude, this guy is not just going away from where God, he's going as far as he can away from God's calling. He's like, I am out like, I want to go where God cannot find me. Like, I'm going far, far, far away from the calling that God has given. It's like the farthest point on the Mediterranean Sea that people even in Palestine knew about. So it's like he's going to the end of the world to get away from the presence of God. Now, before we judge Jonah too harshly, I have to say that he represents many of us here. I've been a Jonah many times, going as far as I can away from what God is asking me to do. I mean, there are many reasons why Jonah could have been doing this. Uh, I don't know why you struggle. Sometimes I struggle with some of these reasons. But for, maybe it was about convenience. Maybe it was about convenience. I mean, 800 kilometers by foot compared to a cruise on the other direction. I mean, he's going on ship. Ship, you just sit down and it takes you there, isn't it? And maybe he's thinking, it's not convenient. I mean, to go on harsh terrain for 800 kilometers. I mean, how many, how many of you sometimes have had God ask you to do something that was not convenient? Anybody in the house? Yeah? Waking up 4.30 to pray? Anybody? <laughs> I should stop going there. That's too... So we, stay, we stay in the Bible. <laughs> Let's stay in biblical times. Yeah? Am I frozen right now? Pastor Angie asking, turn on your video. Ay, ay, ay. I stop, Pastor Angie. I just come back to Jonah. Okay, let's stick with Jonah. Maybe it was about convenience. Maybe it was about comfort. Uh, 
you know, how many of you, by the way, like to be comfortable? Let me just see a show of hands in the house. Yeah, I like comfort, by the way. Comfort is a nice thing. And, and, and you know, sometimes you, you get into a place, I mean, it's so interesting because I remember when our kids were younger and when we'd go to a nice hotel, I remember we'd laugh because our kids, would, they'd, they'd act like they were born there. Like, wow, this is home. Like, you don't even have to tell them it's a nice place. They know instinctively it's a nice place. We would laugh because it's like, you could tell they don't even want to go home. We are born for comfort. And maybe for Jonah, when he looked at Tarshish, I need to tell you something about, uh, I need to tell you about uh, Nineveh. Nineveh is in modern day Iraq. It's in the desert. It's harsh. But Tarshish is in a place called Mallorca, Spain. It's on the beach. I mean, I mean, I mean, it's like, God, if you're asking me to go somewhere, ask me to go to Diani. Did you hear Pastor Angie saying that, by the way? I feel cold. I feel called to plant a church in Diani. Call me to go to the Maldives. God, I'll go anytime. But what is this about Mogadishu? I mean, it's like, what is this? It's not comfortable. Any of you struggle? Sometimes God asks you to do things that are not comfortable, isn't it? And maybe for Jonah, it was like, heck no, this is just not a comfortable place for me to go, Pastor Angie. Time for the altar call. <laughs> maybe another reason was fear. It could have been fear that caused him to panic. Because when you think about it, sometimes God asks us to do something and you're thinking, what if I get hurt? What if things go wrong? What if I lose? And for Jonah, there was a lot to lose. The Ninevites were known to be very harsh people. They were a harsh nation. They were a conquering nation. They treated their enemies harshly. It is said that the Ninevites would take all the pregnant women because they didn't want them to give birth uh, to their enemies. And they would cut their bellies. They would slice all their bellies right there in front of people, and then they would take, uh, the, they would take all the, the fighting men and they would crucify them. Uh, they're not, it's not the Romans who discovered crucifixion. And then they would take all the young people, cut off their heads, and put them on a heap outside the city, just to remind any enemies of theirs who are still resisting them that this is what happens to the enemies of the Ninevites. This is, this is what these guys, the Assyrians were cruel, cruel people. And so maybe Jonah is thinking, those are the guys you're asking me to go preach to. Like, what could not go wrong? You know those things of what cannot go wrong? Preaching to these guys and telling them God is going to destroy you if you don't repent. It's like, God, maybe not. Maybe not. And maybe there are some of you where fear has kept you away from what God is calling you to do. And you've thought, what about my reputation? What will people think about me? What, what, what if I look like a fanatic? What if, I'm, what if I'm rejected? And this can be a huge objection for us. But sometimes we're just overwhelmed. And maybe Jonah was just overwhelmed. Like, why me, Lord? Anybody ever thought, why me, Lord? It's like there's so many other people in my village you can use. There's so many other people in Mavuno South, wheeling bodies that you can use. Why me? It's like, why, like, like, why would you choose me of all people? And maybe Jonah was just overwhelmed. He's like, Lord, this is too much. You're asking me too much in this season of my life. You're asking me too much in this season of my career. You're asking me too much in this season of my family, of young children. Lord, why me? Why me? These are all possible reasons why Jonah runs away. The Bible doesn't tell us at this point. But the one thing we can see is God asked him to do something, and Jonah did the exact opposite. The exact opposite. Now, some of us, when God speaks to us, we do exactly what Jonah did. Anybody with a deaf response? Hey, God, really? Was that me? That you're talking about, maybe in the sermon, Pastor Angie made the altar call and you're like, I, deaf response, you froze. <laughs> God, you just, it's like, I can't hear what you're saying. The network is weak, is loose. Let me, let's talk later. It's like, sometimes I find myself giving God the deaf response when he talks to me and it's like, okay, I'm not sure that's God I heard. In fact, some of us say, let, let me pray about it. Any, anybody, let me just go and pray. Pray about it is like, what are you praying? He spoke, but it's like, no, let me just pray about this. That's a deaf response. And some of us, maybe we say we'll do it. It's like you even come forward for the altar call, you even have tears, but deep inside you know you're not going to do it. And it's the diplomats in the house. It's like God has said, so what do I say? It's like we say yes, but we don't do it. We don't mean to do it. And then some of us, it's the drowning response. God, look, you're asking me to do it, but I'm so overwhelmed. Look at my family. Look at the situation. And we find ourselves there. Or some of us, it's a disgruntled response. We serve God, but we have an attitude as we serve. 
And we're going to find that Jonah actually did have an attitude as he was serving God. So he ran. He ran. He was a runner. He was a runner from God's presence. And many of us are runners from God's presence. Guys, I've been a runner for many years. And I'll tell you some of my stories about running. But man, I ran. I ran away from God and his calling. I hated I hated the thought that God could call me to do so. I was like, God, just allow me to give tithe. Like, I, I'll help you. I'll help your pastors. I'll do, like, whatever they want, I'll be the guy who supplies. Just allow me. Don't call me to do anything inconvenient, like being a pastor. Like, what is that? Like, honestly, if you had put pastor, the list of careers, like top careers for this young man when I was in college, pastor would not even have been in the top 150 careers. Uh, it was the farthest thing I ever wanted to do with my life. So I remember when I was an intern at Nairobi Chapel, I mean, I was tricked to be an intern by Pastor Oscar because uh, he asked me and I said, I'll pray about it. Uh -huh. <laughs> I had no intention. And then he asked my girlfriend, who without consulting me said yes, which was really sneaky. I mean, how does a guy ask my girlfriend? Because now we had planned we are going to go abroad and do our master's degrees. So now I was stuck for a year because I didn't want to go alone. So then I came and said, okay, I think God is saying... I do internship, so <laughs> I was really running. And then now I did internship, and now he got me doing things I didn't want to do, like preaching. And every time I preached, people would come up and say, Pastor, that was an amazing message. And I'd be like, I'm not a pastor. What part of pastor? Do I look like a pastor? I'm an intern. I'd even dress down so I guess don't think I'm a pastor. By the way, I still dress down even till today. He's like, don't think I'm a pastor. Don't look at me like a pastor. I'm just an intern. And it was like this thing just, I really did not want to be what God was asking me to be. I was running. Any runners in the house? I'm not looking as you know, just not uh, in the presence of the Lord. So Jonah ran to Tarshish. And it was the farthest place he could think of. But it was also the place where nobody knew God. Nobody would know the God of Israel in Tarshish. He was sure of that. Have you ever noticed when people are running away from God's voice, they stop coming to church? Yeah, you don't want to be near people who remind you of what God is saying. So, so when people are running away from it, when they become runners, they stop coming to church. Or they come to church and they leave immediately after service. It's because I don't want guys around me reminding me of my calling, reminding me of what I'm supposed to be doing. When people start running away from God, they, they stop coming to church or they, they, they come and they run away. Or they move to another church. They move to another church. They just don't, if they have to come to church, they move to another church. Because they're trying to run away from God's presence. And by the way, I love the fact that at Mavuno, this is a church for real people with real issues. Uh, that even runners are welcome in this church. So I always say, for the newcomers, never be intimidated by this lot of people who are looking so spiritual. Are you seeing their halos just shining, glowing under their, their hearts? Like, like really? Just look at your neighbor right now, because they have such issues. If only you knew, you'd feel so at home in this church. Like, they have serious issues. I know they look very spiritual, but it always comforts me. By the way, when God showed me that about people, I stopped being intimidated. Now I preach to everybody, because I'm like, dude, you look so spiritual, but you have such issues. I know, it's true, isn't it? Yeah, it's true. We have issues. All of us have issues. So never be intimidated by Christians in church looking spiritual. This is a church for real people with real issues. Amen. Yeah, we belong here. All the runners in this house are welcome. Tell your neighbor, runners are welcome here. T tell, your neighbor, tell your other neighbor, even you. <laughs> so, 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 so the story continues. It says, but the Lord sent out a great wind on the sea. And there was a mighty tempest on the sea, so the ship was about to be broken up. And then verse 5 says, Then the mariners, the sailors, were afraid. And every man cried out to his God and threw the cargo that was in the ship into the sea to lighten the load. But it says, But Jonah had gone down into the lowest parts of the sea and had lain down and was fast asleep. There's a very interesting thing, if you notice, in this passage. That it uses a certain word and repeats it over and over and over. In verse 3 it says, He went down to Joppa, where he found a ship going to Tarshish. He paid the fare and he went down into that ship. And then in verse 5 it says, Jonah had gone down to the lowest parts of the ship and lain down where he was fast asleep. It's like the author is using this word over and over and over and there's something he's telling us by using this word. The key point I believe that this passage really speaks to me whenever I read this chapter. And it is this, 
that every step away from God's purpose is a step down. It's a step down. Every step away from God's purpose, it's a step down. It may look like the smart thing to do. It may look like the thing that will keep you safe, the thing that will protect your interests. It may seem like the way to get what you really want. And indeed, it looked like that for Jonah at first. I mean, the guy was actually able to go to Tashish. He went to Tashish, no accidents. Nothing stopped him. He was able to find a ship going to the farthest place he knew. He was able to find a ticket that was available just for him in a comfortable place where he could sleep. He went and he actually was able to have a nice sleep. And I'm sure John at some point was saying, hey, God is opening doors. Have you ever had doors opening? Doors are opening. God is behind me. God seems to be opening doors here. But listen to me, God's people. Not every open door is from God. Not every open door is from God. Sometimes I hear people saying, but God is opening the door. It just seems things are working out. I say that's a very dangerous thing to rely on, circumstances. Because circumstances are not always a good sign that God is behind you. In fact, I sometimes say, if I was the devil, when I know you're running away from God, I will even hire the Uber for you. I'll make sure I open doors so that you can go as far as you can away from God. Not every open door is from God. We need to analyze. Because sometimes when things are working too easily, we need to ask, is this the Lord or is this the enemy opening doors for my rebellious heart? And Jonah was running away from God. It looked like a blessing, but it wasn't. Because if you continue with the passage, it tells us in verse 6. So the captain came up to him and said to him, what do you mean, sleeper? Arise, call on your God. Perhaps your God will consider us that we may not perish. And they say to one another, come, let's cast lots that we may know for whose, for whose cause this trouble has come upon us. So they cast lots and the lot fell on Jonah. And then they say to him, please tell us for whose cause is this trouble upon us? What is your occupation? Where have you come from? What is your country? What people are you? I mean, you can tell they're panicking. Huh? It's like so many questions at the same time at Jonah. And he said to them, I am a Hebrew and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven who made the sea and the dry land. Then the men were exceedingly afraid and they said to him, why have you done this? For the men knew that he had fled from the presence of the Lord because he had told them. He had actually told them. I mean, I don't know how he told them. Like, what, what, what was in his mind? Like, by the way, as I'm entering the ship, by the way, me, I'm running away from God. So don't disturb me. I, I, don't, I don't even understand how he could have told them what was. But he told them. And they said they knew because he had told them. And the men were afraid. Then they say to him, verse 11, what shall we do to you that the sea may be calm for us? For the sea was growing more tempestuous. So this conversation is not a calm conversation. I mean, they're rocking. The boat is rocking. Everything is falling. Things are... Have you ever watched the movies? You guys are looking at me like you've never seen the movies. Okay, I know some of you are not from the lake where there's... But, but now you can imagine things are moving across. Ah, boom! The wind is blowing. Like, where are you from? Who are you? What's happening? And they're having this crazy conversation with Jonah. And Jonah is telling him, I am the one who serves the God. And they're like, what the heck are you doing here? You need to be praying for us. And it says uh, in verse 12, Jonah said to them, pick me up and throw me into the sea. Then the sea will become calm for you, for I know that this great tempest is because of me. Jonah knew he, it's because of his rebellion that these guys were about to die. Nevertheless, the men rode hard to return to land, but they could not, for the sea continued to grow more tempestuous against them. Therefore, they cried out to the Lord and said, we pray, O Lord, please do not let us perish for this man's life. And do not charge us with innocent blood, for you, O Lord, have done it as it pleased you. So they picked up Jonah and threw him into the sea, and the sea ceased from its raging. Then the men feared the Lord exceedingly and offered a sacrifice to the Lord and took vows. You know, even though the cost of following God and his purpose may seem high, the cost of running away from God's purpose is always higher. It's always higher. And Jonah found out this the hard way. I mean, he lost so much. He lost finances. How do I know this? Because if you want to go, where is the farthest place you can think of right now? Australia, Fiji, New Zealand. The ticket probably is the most expensive ticket in the whole airport, isn't it? Yeah, if you're going far, you pay more. So the guy has used his money to pay for the farthest ticket that he can get, and he doesn't get there. And then, of course, if you're running away, you're not planning to come back. 
So which means you carry all the heirlooms, all the nice things, all the things, your certificates, you carry your, your, your ring, you carry all the things your grandfather passed on to you, you carry all the things that are the most valuable. Guess what? They all end up in the sea. He lost everything. He had to start from scratch because of his rebellion. Remember, every step away from God's purpose is a step down. He thought he was gaining, but he was losing it all. The second cause to Jonah was peace of mind. The passage says he was running away from God's presence. Not a good idea. It's not a good idea. Psalm 16 verse 11 says, In your presence is fullness of joy, and at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. It's like, why would I want to run away from that? I mean, he thinks he's running away to joy, but actually he's running away from joy. And Jonah is about to lose everything, all his peace of mind. You know, you can have money, possession, security. You can have a good job and have all the things you're dreaming about. But without God's presence and peace, it's empty. It's empty. And I can tell you guys, I know people who have all the wealth in the world and they're the most miserable people I've ever met. It's empty without God. Every step away from God's presence is a step down. It cost Jonah his moral authority. That's the third thing it cost him. I don't know if you noticed the powerful rebuke by that captain. He asks him, how can you be asleep when we're dying? That's what he's asking him. How dare you sleep when we're dying? As in even this godless sailor could see that Jonah was not leaving out his faith. Now, the danger of this passage is some of us may one day have our colleagues ask us this question. How could you have been asleep in the office while we were dying? Like you knew about life and you never shared it with us. God forbid, somebody say God forbid. God forbid that would ever be asked of me. Some of us may be asked by our family members, how could you have been sleeping when we were dying? Like we were there in the same family with you. You're not telling us about life. Every step away from God's purpose is a step down. And Jonah loses his moral authority. Imagine when he tells these guys, I'm a Hebrew. I fear the Lord of God and heaven, the God of heaven who made the sea and the dry land. I'm sure they were asking like, really? You do? So what the heck are you doing here running away from him? It's like, what are you not, why are you not doing what he wants you to do if you really believe it? I remember reading a story about a Jewish guy this, just, just this week. And he was talking about his Christian friend who keeps, and the passage was very, was very uh, the title was very, um, it caught my attention because he says, why I respect my Christian friend who thinks I'm going to hell. And I was like, mm, that's not something you usually read. Uh, so he says, He's, he's had lots of conversations with his Christian friend because he's, he, he was provoking his friend like, so you think I'm going to hell? So what's wrong? I mean, tell me, how can, how, how, how can you think? So he was like, Christians must be very intolerant for you to think I'm going to hell. So are you, it's, like, it's like that's what your religion teaches you. It's, it's a real religion that teaches you that all your friends are going to burn. How do you feel being part of a religion like that? And he said something interesting. He said his friend looked at him with so much compassion. And he said, you know, if I get to heaven... And I find that all my Jewish friends and all my atheist friends are there. I will be so happy. I'll be so happy I was wrong. Because I don't want it to be true. And the Jew said, for the first time I understood that just because he believes it doesn't mean he wants it to be true. You can believe something that you don't want to be true. And he said, I was so struck by his compassion. He said, I'm not a Christian yet, but I respect him. I respect that this man loves me enough that he's, he wants to share his belief that he thinks is good for me. My goodness, I said, my, that is such motivation for me. Because I wonder if some of our friends, if, if they, because they know what we believe, and they're like looking at you and you're like, we're here in the office. You really don't care about me, do you? Because if you did and you really believed that I was about to be hit by a bus, and you're still taking coffee with me every day and never telling me I'm in danger, like how is that, how is that a loving thing for you to do? Jonah lost all his moral authority because of running away from God's purpose. And for many of us, let me just say, we're surrounded by people who are far from God. And our family members are in spiritual jeopardy. Unchurched colleagues struggling with the issues that God has sorted out for us. We have miracles. God has blessed our marriages. God has blessed our homes. We know we have life. But we have many colleagues who don't have those things. It's so easy for our faith to become about us. It's so easy for our discipleship groups to become about us and about our comfort. It's so easy to run away from God's purpose and do our thing. But the thing I've come to understand is that the place 
that I will find the things I'm looking for. Whether I'm looking for comfort or peace or encouragement or, some, or, or, or even just success, that those things are actually when I run towards God's presence. That's the thing I found out. Because just as we've been saying, every step away from God's presence is a step down. I can say this in a positive way. That every step towards God's purpose is a step up. It's a step up. You will find it out to be true. It's a step up. And this is the reason why we are experiencing his blessings. I mean, God, God really blesses us when we, sought, when we follow him. You know, before, when I used to fear serving God, I used to think, God, I have plans. Like, like I, I want to live a good life. How many people want to live a good life? Yeah, I want to live a good life. I want to be comfortable. I mean, I used to say, God, I want to be comfortable. I want to live in a nice house. I want to travel and see the world. I want, I want, to, I want to, what are some other things that you want? I want a nice car. Yeah, I want a nice car. I want, to, I want to live in a comfortable house. And it's like, God, if I serve you, how will I get these things? Anybody know what I'm talking about? I was like, God, if I become a concert, like for me, I used to think pastors are the brokest guys I know. It's like, seriously. It's like, I, I don't, like, they walk around, their shoes are even looking dusty, and they're like, they're carrying big Bibles saying, praise the Lord. It's like they failed in school. It's like, Lord, I don't want to be that guy. I want to be successful. But here's a crazy thing I began to discover, that when I said yes to God, the Bible says, seek first God's kingdom and his righteousness. And then what does it say? All other things will be added to you. They'll be added. What God is saying is, you won't chase those things. They will chase you. As long as you're seeking my purpose, they will chase you. Seek first the kingdom of God. Every step towards God's purpose is a step up. It's a step up. And my prayer for us as a congregation through this series is that God is going to open your eyes in such powerful ways to understand that, my goodness, you can never, you can never be a person who, owe, like you can't owe God. God is good for anything you owe him. Like you cannot give your life to God and then you end up being in a place where God has neglected you. It's impossible. God will look after you. He just calls you to, to embrace his purpose, to know him and to make him known. And then seek first his kingdom and watch things follow after you. He, he calls you. One of the things that we talk about in our house is we say we believe that God's blessings have no sorrow attached to them. That God's blessings have no sorrow. That you know that God can actually bless you where you don't hassle. I'm not part of the hustler nation and that's not a political statement. It's not. I just don't believe in hustling. I believe in serving God and God follows. His blessings follow me. That's the way he works. And I've found it to be true. Every step towards God's purpose is a step up. And I want to conclude. I want to conclude my talk to, for today, my, my, my conversation about Jonah. I want you to do me a favor. I want you to take out your phone or get a piece of paper. Um, oh, I think the ashes have a piece of paper as well. So if you need a piece of paper uh, and a pen, just ask them for it. If you prefer to do it in your phone, uh, then that's okay as well. So just put up your hand if you want a piece of paper, a piece of paper from them. I can see most people here are digital. Um, so put up, yeah, put up your hand if you need a pen. I can see somebody needs one. Here's what I want you to do with that piece of paper or on your phone in a note. Write down the name of five people around you who do not know Jesus. Five people around you who do not have eternal life. Five people around you who have no relationship with the Creator. Five people around you who, if you ask them today whether they're going to, if they died, they would end up in heaven. They would tell you they have no, they have no certainty of that fact. They have no assurance that that is their, their destiny. Five people around you, they could be family members. They could be colleagues at work. They could be neighbors. They could just be people that God has put around you, the watchman at the gate, somebody you talk to every morning. But you know as you think about it, this person has no certainty of eternal life. This is who they are. There's five, just write five names. I know five might be a lot for some of you, but I think it's, it's just good for us to stretch our imagination. I'm asking that God would open your eyes that you would see at least five people around you who don't know him. Some of them might be your cousins or your nephews and nieces. It might be just people around you in your family. And you're thinking, yeah, this person doesn't know God. Who are those five people? Just write down the names uh, of those people. And what we're going to do through this month is we're going to pray that God would actually give you love for these people, give you wisdom 
to know how to bring them close to Jesus, how to make God known to them. Because your purpose is to know God and to make him known. So that's, that's what we're going to be praying. So I want you to just write them. You don't have to share them with anybody. This is your list of those people that you sense that God would actually give you the grace to make him known to. So just five names, if you can write those five names. I know, that, I know who my five are. I've been thinking about this. So as I conclude, and as we've just written those names, I want to pray for us. Uh, and as I pray, uh, I just maybe would love to pray. Maybe there's somebody who's here who, even as we pray for people who don't know God yet, you yourself are in a place where your heart is far from God. You know that you don't have a relationship with your maker, your creator. And it would be such a privilege for me to pray for you as we conclude our service today. So if you're here and you just like to, you just say, Pastor, I'd like you to pray for me. Maybe you knew God a long time ago. You even were close to him. But life happened. Stuff came between you and him. Inconvenient things happened. Things that are just, just life happened. And you found yourself walking away from God. And right now you know, even as you're in church today, your heart is not where God wants you to be. You're not anywhere near his purpose for your life. And you're saying, I would love to recommit my life to Jesus. I'd love to give my life back to him. Uh, or maybe you've never given it to him and you're saying, I'd like to give it to him for the first time. I want to try it. Listen to me, you'll never know your purpose unless you're connected with your purpose giver. It would be my privilege to lead you in a prayer to ask him into your life. So if this is you, I'm going to ask you to just do a very bold thing, a very brave thing, that you just put up your hand and put it down again. And then I'd be glad to pray for you as we conclude. Just put it up and put it down again. Whoever you are, wherever you are, you're in that place where... God's been speaking to your heart, even as I've been speaking. And you're like, you know, I'd like you to pray for me, Pastor M. And just put it up and put it down again. And I say, don't be intimidated by these holy-looking people. I see you, my sister. Praise God for you. Don't be intimidated. I see, a, I see a brother as well. Come on, let's appreciate them as they put up their hands. Don't be intimidated by your neighbor. Just put it up. Yes, I see you, my brother, as well. Praise God for the bold people of Mavuno South. Anybody else? Just put it up. I see you as well. Come on, Mavuno. We can celebrate even better than that. Woo! The Bible says that in heaven there's a party every time people give their lives to Jesus. Just put it up and put it down again. I would love to pray for you. Thank you, my sister, as well. Wow. I see you at the back as well. My goodness. Wow, wow, wow. Praise God for every single person whose hand has gone up. Anybody else, just before we pray, I'm so excited to just lead you in a prayer. I see you as well, my sister. Thank God for you. Wow. Amen. Come on, Mavuno South. God is working in your church. Amen, amen, amen. I'm going to ask, I see you as well, my sister. Wow, woo! Welcome, welcome, welcome. Bless God for every single one of you. We bless God for you. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. It's not a magic prayer. It's just a prayer where you ask God to come into your life and take over. You just ask him, take charge. Uh, and ask him, to, you're inviting him in. And God always responds to invitation. He never forces his way in. He always responds to our invitation. And I'm going to ask, I don't know if our ushers have a slip of paper. Uh, do they? Yes, they do. So I'm going to ask that every single one of you who raised your hand, you'd make sure you write your name, put your email on that piece of paper. would love to send you some information this week that will help you take those next steps. But for now, let's pray this prayer. And if, you, if you've made this prayer before in your life, I'm going to ask you to just join those who are making it right now as we welcome them into the family. Let's say these words together with them. Dear Jesus, I give you my life. From this day forward, I am yours. Forgive my sins. Come in and take charge. Help me to live the life of purpose that you created me for. I pray this. In Jesus' name, amen. Woo! Bless the Lord. Amen. Oh, come on, Mavuno South. We can do better than that. Amen. Amen. If you raised your hand, just raise it up again real quick. Our ushers are going to make sure they give you that slip of paper. Just, ushers, if you can just very quickly make sure that every single person gets that slip of paper. I can see a few. There's quite a few people on this side. There's some people at the back over there. Our ushers, if you could help us. Uh, Pastor Nick, if you need to help us, yeah, let's make sure that we get every single person. Just fill that out, and I'll make sure I send you something this week as you just take that step. There's somebody at the front over here as well. Right, right, right up here. Uh, anybody else, just make sure you, you don't miss out. Pastor Alex, if you could just, there's, there's a lady over here at the front, if you could just make sure that we get... One. Thank you so much. And there's a gentleman just next to her, so there's two people there. 
Wow, let's appreciate them one more time. Well, bless God. Bless God. If you're sitting next to one of those people, just shake their hand right now and tell them, welcome home. Welcome to family. We're so glad you're part of this family. This is God's family and we're glad you're part of us. I'm going to ask us all to stand right now, if we can just stand to our feet. And I want to pray for us. Every step towards God's purpose is a step up, up, up. Wow. Amen. Let's just pray right now. Father, I thank you for your people. I thank you that we are a community of called people. I thank you that, Lord, you're calling us to live a life of purpose, a life of knowing you and making you known. And Father, I thank you for every single person who's part of this community, this amazing church, this great community called Mavuno South. I thank you that, Lord, you're calling us to be people who serve you and who impact fearlessly our families, our offices, our neighborhoods, everywhere where there are people, everywhere you place us. And Lord, I pray that none of us would ever be a runner away from your presence. None of us, like Jonah, would live a life that is unfulfilled because we are running away from your calling for us. I pray for every single person here, Lord, that you would help us to live a life of such influence. I pray for the people on our lists that, Lord, every single person we've written there, Lord, in Jesus' name, you will give us the grace to represent you in such a loving way that they'll be brought to you they'll be attracted to you. And Lord, we're praying that we will see miracles. Even this month as we pray for those people, even this week as we pray for them, Lord, as we wake up in the morning to pray for those people, as we, as we keep them close to our hearts, that you'd even give us ideas on how to pray for them. And that, Lord, we will see a difference in our families, would see a difference in our offices because you placed us there. And Lord, I pray for every single person here as we go into the week, that, Lord, you would bless the work of our hands that you would bless our businesses, that you would bless our families, that, Lord, you would give us blessings that would represent you so that when people see us, they would say, we want to be like you. That's the blessing I pray for the people of Mavuno South. And so, Father, I bless your people now in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And God's people say together, amen. Let's give a mighty shout to Jesus. Woo! Amen, amen, amen. I'm so excited, Pastor M. Thank you for that word. Wasn't it powerful? I noted that the captain of the ship, um, I mean, Jonah's response to the guys in the ship at that time was, uh, throw me off. I was like, ah, he's the one who has to be thrown off. He didn't trust himself. The captain has come and spoken to us. Some of us, you need to be thrown off into discomfort. Are you guys hearing? Are you hearing me? You're being thrown off into the space that God is calling you into, to walk into the purpose that God is calling you into. He's saying, no longer will you walk and go in the opposite direction, move in the direction that I'm calling you into. We receive that word. Amen. Father, thank you for your word that has come forth with power. Thank you for using your servant. We have had this captain. Uh, we have had Pastor M come to shake things up and call us into our destinies. And so, Father, I thank you because destinies are being unlocked. You are clarifying for us. You are opening the road for us to walk into the place that you desire for us to engage in, in building your kingdom. Amen, amen, amen.